to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Adam Keller, and this is Shop Talk, our new Thursday morning episode we're producing every week with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, March 23rd, and we're broadcasting live from Spice Radio Studio in the heart of the Tennessee Valley here in Huntsville, Alabama. Every episode is live streamed on YouTube and Facebook and is released on your favorite podcasting platform. Today on the show, we're going to do some education and training, how to get involved as a new union member. So I'm looking forward to this episode. I know it's something that uh, folks have requested, folks uh, have asked us about, so looking forward to it. Just a reminder that the Valley Labor Report is a working class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout Alabama and across the South. We bring you Alabama's only union talk radio show every Saturday morning with the first half from 930 to 11 a.m. live on FM radio through WVNN here in the Huntsville listening area. The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube and podcast and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. We encourage you to check out our website, tvlr.fm, which we are currently expanding to feature some published articles, including news and commentary relevant to working people. You can check out our merch at tvlr.fm slash store, And finally, we rely on donations and sponsorships to do all of this. We appreciate the local unions and organizations that have sponsored ads, and our biggest single source of revenue comes from listener donations. You can make a one-time donation or a recurring contribution at tvlr.fm slash donate. We also have a Patreon if you prefer to donate that way. And we'll even take a good old-fashioned check mailed to our P.O. box. Whether you donate, share, subscribe, or just listen, we appreciate your support, and we can't do it without you. We put out all of this content for free because we are dedicated to growing the Southern labor movement. If you share this mission, please support however you can so we can have media by, for, and of the working class. So, good morning again, folks. Appreciate y'all joining us. Looking forward to it. Today, we're going to discuss how to get involved as a new union member. So, you're a new member, and you're looking to get involved with your union. What does that mean? What does that look like? And where do you start? 
Maybe you're at a new job in a unionized workplace. Maybe your workplace just won a union, and so you're all new members. Maybe you finally decided to join after, you know, some delay. Or maybe you've been a member for a while, but you haven't really been active in the union. Whatever the case may be, today I'm going to explore some of the basics of getting involved. And a few things to note before we get too deep into it. Every union is a little bit different. They all have their own rules, typically found in the Constitution and bylaws. They all have their own cultures that have developed over time. There are different types of unions, which can shape the process of getting involved. So not everything I say will necessarily apply to every person in every union. But hopefully everyone listening will find something helpful for their particular situation. I'll try to be as broad as possible while providing some specific examples where applicable. And while today's episode is about how to get involved as a new union member, the target audience also includes folks who are already playing an active role in their unions, but may want to share this information with new folks. The topic of how unions can engage and involve their new members would be worthy of its own separate episode. Uh, that's, you know, a, a little bit different subject because while this material is obviously relevant to that subject, it would also have to cover new employee orientation and aspects like that. And thankfully, there's some really good research and stories out there that can help your union on that front. But today we're speaking primarily to the individual member who is looking to get involved. And I'm going to try to keep today's episode short and sweet and practical with this specific focus in mind. So typically, you're a member of a local, right? And that is usually an affiliate of a national or international union. Sometimes there are state-level unions as well. Many unions are also part of large federations, such as the AFL-CIO, as well as regional bodies like the North Alabama Labor Council, for example. One of the first things to figure out as someone looking to get involved is exactly which organizations you're a member of. It's important to know those dynamics, to understand the operations of your local union and its relationship to the parent union, as well as its relationship to other unions in the area. In turn, as you learn these dynamics, you're going to discover plenty more opportunities to get involved beyond just your own local. Sorry, y'all. I've had some allergies the last couple of days. Running out of breath here. So I do have a list of goals and tasks to keep in mind as you're looking to get involved in your union. And I don't want to imply that my list is exhaustive or that you have to go in exactly, you know, this step-by-step uh, this -step process that you have to go in exactly this order. But I do hope it's going to help you as you proceed in your journey. And with all of these, you may want to start at the local level and work your way up. So the very first thing and I don't mean to insult anyone's intelligence by any means, but there's a reason this is first on my list, and it may seem very obvious. But the first thing is to have somewhere 
where you can keep your notes and your union documents. You need a dedicated union folder, binder, notebook, whatever it may be. Right? And what are you going to put in there? Well, you're going to put your constitution and bylaws, which I'll talk about here in a minute. You're going to put your meeting notices, your meeting documents, right? The agenda, the minutes, anything you may get at a meeting. You're going to keep a copy of your contract, if that's applicable. And you're going to have notes, right? So what, what kind of notes might you have as you're getting involved in your union? Well, you're going to be learning who's who. You're going to be figuring out who your reps are, who your leaders are, and you're going to want to take notes on that. As you go through this list I'm going to describe this morning, you're going to come up with questions, and you're going to come up with ideas, right? Issues that you may be able to tackle, future projects that you may want to uh, undertake. So you want to have a dedicated home to keep all of this documentation. It may also be the place where you keep your, your workplace documentation, right? We've described that in the workplace, one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself is to document, to keep notes on important events, any meetings you've been called into with your supervisor, you know, things of that nature, especially if you sense trouble brewing, right? You may want to keep those notes with your union folder. You know, whatever you decide to put in there, you need a dedicated space, right? Because you are going to accumulate a lot of documents. Maybe not at first, but you will. And you'll probably get mail from the union as well. So have a home for it. Know where to access it. It will come in handy. Again, that may be a little obvious, but uh, as someone who often strugg you know, struggles to keep myself organized, let me tell you, it is a lifesaver. So once you have a place to keep your union stuff, what do you put in there? The very first thing you want to put in there is your contract. If it's possible for you to obtain a copy of your contract, that's ideal. Now, that may vary by your industry, by your union. There's a lot we could discuss there, honestly. There's a lot of debate we could have there about that. But if it's at all possible for you to have a copy of your contract, you want one. You certainly have a right to look at your contract, right? Whether you can get a full copy, maybe another story, but you need to know what your contract says. Now, for some folks listening, that may not apply. Maybe you're a union member, but you don't actually have a collective bargaining agreement in your workplace. Maybe you're a public sector employee, like a public school teacher in Alabama, right? So you don't necessarily have a contract. So if you're an Alabama public school teacher, for example, you don't have a contract per se. What you have is a local school board of education policy manual. You need that. You need to know what it says, especially there's going to be at least a couple sections dedicated to employees, policies on sick leave, for example. You need that information. And you need to know what it says, right? Because ultimately, knowledge is power. Knowing your rights and your responsibilities in the workplace is essential to protecting yourself and your coworkers. So that was the second thing on the list. Obtain and read your contract. It's going to let you know your rights, your benefits, 
your working conditions, your responsibilities. And as you go through there, you may have questions to take notes on, right? You may have things you're, you're not clear on. You may discover some things that kind of bothers you, right? Some issues that you would like improved. So there again, that's where taking some notes can be helpful. And it's just so, so important to know your rights in the workplace. So if you're one of those who do not, if you do not have a contract, you don't have a collective bargaining agreement, uh, like a public school employee, for example, you can obtain the policy manual. And I would advise you to consult with your union. Ask your union if they have any resources for you, right? It's not practical to know every single state and federal law that applies to you, right? And it's not practical to carry those around, right? No one expects you to print out Title 16 of the Code of Alabama and carry that on your person. That's, that's not reasonable, right? You have a full-time job. You have a lot on your plate. You have responsibilities. But one thing the union can do is to provide handbooks, cheat sheets, explainers. They can do that for you. So ask. And if that's not available, well, you've already come up with at least one idea that you can take to your union to work on. So we started with the contract because that's the most immediate thing. That's what affects your own employment, right? Because uh, if you lose your employment, you're going to lose your union status eventually. So you do need to know how your union is supposed to operate, which means obtain and read your constitution and bylaws. Any governing documents of your union. When you're in high school, you're expected to learn something about the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, the way U.S. government is structured and is supposed to operate, right? To graduate high school and get a diploma, you have to have demonstrated some degree of knowledge of that. To be successful in your union, it's the same concept. You need to know how it works. You need to know how it's structured. So, one of the earliest things you are going to do is to get a copy of those documents. Where might you find them? Again, it's going to vary. Some locals will have it available on their website. You know, and some national and international unions will also have it available on their website. You may have to consult with your officers or your rep, and I'll get to them in a minute. But you may have to ask around to get a copy. Even just rank-and-file members, right? Folks in your workplace. And make note of that. If there's some degree of difficulty in obtaining these documents, you know, ask around. Who has them? How did they get a copy? That could be something to address. It's important that all members know their rights and responsibilities inside the union. In fact, you have certain rights, not just within your union, but by federal law as a union member. As a dues-paying member, you have a right to see your constitution and bylaws. And your union is supposed to have them. So, if there, if there is some kind of issue, and hopefully this doesn't apply to you, but unfortunately it does happen from time to time. But 
if you're in a situation where you're having some degree of difficulty in getting your governing documents, that is an issue to be addressed. In the worst case scenario, you can access it. You can go around the back door, so to speak. Again, that's not ideal. But as I said, every union is supposed to have a constitution and bylaws. You are supposed to have a right to them as the member. And at some point, your union has reported them to the federal government, which means with enough digging, you could find it through the Department of Labor. If you're having to do that to obtain your own union's governing documents, well, there's some issue there to be addressed. And it may not necessarily mean you need to assume the worst, but it's clearly an issue to be addressed, right? Now, a further discussion of your legal rights as a union member and how the Department of Labor plays into that, what the LMDA is and what that means, that is for a future episode. And I do intend to do that episode so we can go in more detail on that. So I'll just leave it there. But you absolutely need to have your constitution and bylaws and become familiar with those documents. Again, starting at the local level, because that's what's most immediate to you. So once you've got your constitution and bylaws, very, very handy. It's going to help you with some of the next things on this list. But along those notes of your initial research, check out the website and social media of your union. Again, that may sound basic, but you'd be surprised how many folks are looking to get involved and they haven't really done that yet. Does your local have a website? Does your local have a social media presence? If not, those could be things you, you could work on as a volunteer. Could be things you bring to the meeting. Almost certainly your national or international affiliate has a social media presence and you should follow them if you're on social media. Almost certainly they have a website. And some of these websites are actually not bad. Uh, a lot of the local websites you'll find are pretty ancient, to be honest. Uh, there's, you're going to run across some websites for locals that look like they were built in the AOL era. Windows 95, Packard Bell computers may have created these. That's possible. But a lot of the national and international websites are, are a lot better than that. And some of them actually have a fantastic amount of resources available. You'd be surprised at what is out there. So as a new member or as a member who's looking to get newly involved, if you haven't taken some time to really dig through the website of your union, it's worth doing. You may find some stuff that's really helpful for you. You may find some things that, you know, need to be added or could be cleared up. Or you may think, find some things that you really like that you want to share with other members. So definitely do that. Definitely follow the union on social media if you're not already. You need to know what they're saying to the public, frankly. And it's another way to be plugged in, to stay involved, to know what's happening. So one of the, the next things on my list here, the next bullet, is to identify your reps and your leadership. 
Again, this seems basic, but it's something that you have to do very early on. You need to know who your go-to person is. If you have a question about the union, who do you ask? What's their name and what's their title? If you have a problem in the workplace, if your boss is picking on you, you're in trouble. Who do you call? Who do you talk to? What's their name? What's their title? Okay? You need to know that. And it's important that you know who the officers are. Who runs your local? Who's in charge? You know, president, treasurer, secretary, vice president. You likely have some form of a board of directors, an executive committee, board of trustees. You know, different unions call it different names. But you have some sort of structure. And presumably there are human beings filling those roles, right? And you need to know who those people are. And as you have obtained the Constitution and bylaws already, you probably have some idea what their responsibilities are for each one of those positions, right? So if Joe Blow is your president, hopefully by now you, you have some idea what that means and how you as the rank-and-file member may relate to that president, right? Is there some expectation that you follow a chain of communication, Right? Maybe you're supposed to bring an issue to a steward before you bring it to an officer. So get to know who the reps and the leadership are. Be able to know them by name. Introduce yourself to them, you know, when the opportunity arises, certainly. But you want to know who's who. If you're looking to get involved, that's going to be key. And along those lines, the next step I have is to identify the existing roles and committees inside your union. If you've already identified the players and who's who, you've done most of this already, right? You know the president is a role and you know Joe Blow is the president. But it's important to go beyond just, you know, your, your main officers. And also you'll find that some positions are vacant. Right. And unfortunately, that's the case in a lot of unions. A lot of unions may have vacant roles right now where nobody's actually in this in the position. So your constitution and bylaws can tell you a lot of that information, but maybe not all of it. It can tell you your standing committees, the ones that by your constitution and bylaws are supposed to exist and supposed to operate. And there may also be other committees, other working groups, things of that nature that exist that aren't necessarily written in the Constitution and bylaws, but have been created over time at the discretion of the president or the executive board. So identify what is out there already, what positions and roles and committees exist within the union. And there again, as you do this, as you're kind of mapping this out, you may see some needs that need to be filled, right? If earlier you were checking out the website and the social media presence and you realize there really wasn't much there, and then you go and you start to map out, okay, well, what committees do we have in our local? Well, we don't have a communications committee. 
There's no committee to handle communications internally or externally, public relations, newsletters, social media, website, right? That could be something you discover. And that could be an opportunity for you as someone who's looking to get involved, either by directly serving in that capacity or by bringing this to a meeting and working with other members to get something going. Which that leads me to my next one, which is attend the meetings. Now, first, you got to figure out the meetings themselves, right? When do they happen? Where do they happen? How often do they happen? Your constitution and bylaws should tell you a good bit about that, but maybe not always. Things change. What's written down isn't always what happens in reality. We know that. But find out the meeting details. Some unions are very structured in this. You know, they meet the first Thursday of every month at 6 o'clock at the hall, same time and place, same agenda a lot of times, same structure of the agenda at least. But some unions are, are not quite that way. Sometimes it's more haphazard when the meetings take place. Sometimes it may rotate. It may be in different spots depending on the circumstances. So figure out the details of the meetings and then make every effort you can to show up. Now, we're all busy. We all have a lot on our plates. It's not always practical to attend every single meeting. And frankly, sometimes the meetings aren't always convenient to everybody. And there again, make note of that. If you find that the meetings are at a very inconvenient time for you or location for you, and you're not the only member in that situation, well, maybe there's an opportunity to expand your opportunities for meetings. Maybe a Zoom meeting occasionally. Maybe meeting in a new location or at a new time. Again, as you're getting involved, you're going to discover these kinds of issues that resonate with you and that resonate with other members. And that's not to say you're going to accomplish all of them and that you're going to make all the changes that you think should be made. But you're coming up with a list and you're thinking through it. You're thinking through some of the issues that you discover, some of the needs that your union may have. And again, don't assume the worst. Don't assume that just because the meeting is inconvenient for you, that that is on purpose or that it's widely felt. Because until you know, you don't know. But absolutely go to the meetings. That's where the business happens, right? That's where you find out what's going on. That's where you get to learn the culture and dynamics of the union, which I'll address next. But you, you look at the meetings as an opportunity to learn. Look at the meetings as an opportunity to govern the union. All unions are democratic organizations to varying degrees. Right? And so you have a right to attend the meetings and participate in the meetings. Don't be intimidated by the meetings. Sometimes uh, folks get really scared off by the, the formal aspects that some unions have in their meetings. You know, if you're not familiar with Robert's Rules of Order and what it means to make a motion and second a motion, and if you're not familiar with that kind of parliamentary procedure, it can be a little foreign at first, 
but there again, that's where just getting in there and attending, even if you're you're pretty quiet and sitting in the back at first, that's fine. Maybe it takes a little time to get used to it. And of course, you can always brush up on your parliamentary procedure. For the most part, a one or two page cheat sheet on Robert's rules is going to give you the basics that you would need to really operate effectively in a union meeting. And there again, consult your constitution and bylaws or any policies your union may have, because that's going to tell you a little bit about not just when the meetings happen and how often, but, you know, how they're structured. Some meetings, I mean, some unions have it in their constitution and bylaws, what will be discussed at the meeting. And roughly a, a skeleton agenda that's going to be on every month's meeting. So getting to know that is important. You'll learn when are the opportunities to speak. You'll start to learn what makes sense where in the agenda, you know, and where your issues should be brought up. If you have a new business item, if you have something that's old business from the last meeting, that takes a little bit of time. But like anything else, it just also takes practice. So definitely attend the meetings. And last thing I'll say on that is if you can't, make a friend who can. You need a comrade who attends the meetings on a regular basis and can report back to you and tell you what's going on. Because if, if you're not at the meeting and you don't have any friends at the meeting, you're really missing out on the operations of the union. So if you're going to the meetings, you're probably going to have some background on this next item, which is to look for the existing trainings and events that your union offers. Does your union have a new membership meeting, new member orientation? Does your union offer safety classes? Does your union march in the Labor Day parade or have an annual Christmas party? Do they have conferences? Does the national or international maybe have conferences that you could attend? Do they offer online trainings, right? Some more and more unions, especially post-COVID or, you know, as we've been through this pandemic here in the last few years, a lot of unions have started to get with the times and get with the 21st century in terms of technology and started to offer webinars and Zoom meetings, which, you know, of course have their downsides, but it also expands the amount of opportunities available, right? When your national or international union can do a Zoom meeting or a webinar and any member anywhere in the country can participate, right? That, that is very helpful. And since if you're following along with me, you've already checked out the website and social media of your union, you're already plugged in that way. Now you're going to the meetings you should probably have some idea what's out there. And if you look through that list and you find that there's really nothing there of interest to you or relevance to you, maybe you have some ideas on what could be offered next. So my next item is to... Well, this one is a little less concrete, I guess you would say. 
But my next item is to strategically learn the culture and dynamics of the union, starting with your local. If you've been going through my list here and you've been making your notes and you've got some, maybe you've got some issues you want addressed, some ideas you want implemented. If you show up to your first meeting like a bat out of hell, all gung-ho, blasting the union, blasting your leadership, uh, you're not going to get very far. Let me just tell you. As I said, unions are democratic organizations. That means almost anything that you want to do, and almost anything you want to accomplish, is going to require the help of other people. Right? So you have to be strategic in how you proceed. And a lot of that is just getting to know people and learn how things have operated in the past. What is the status quo of the union? How have folks been doing things? And who are those important folks? Who knows who? Who's friends with who? That's important to learn, and some of that will just take time. But it is important to learn the culture and the dynamics of your, your local union first, I would, I would argue. Of course, you can work your way up from there to the state, regional, national, and international levels. But at the end of the day, you know, being involved in the union, getting involved and trying to accomplish something within your union, there's some internal politicking involved, right? And so we've all known those people who are super, super passionate, who get to the meeting and they want to speak their mind, and they're, they're emotional, they're passionate, but the way they go about it makes them more enemies than friends. Hell, maybe you've been that person before. I think I have, all right? So be strategic in how you proceed. And that's not to say you ignore issues or you ignore real problems or concerns that you have as a member but just that you, you get to know folks. Sometimes there's more to the story. Oftentimes there's more to the story. So get to know folks. Start to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with your fellow members. Learn the power players. It'll help you in the long run. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish and however it is that you want to get involved, it will help you. And along those lines... Identify comrades. You want to, as Labor Notes often puts it, assemble your dream team. As I said, this is a union. There ain't much you're going to do by yourself. You need folks in your corner. And ideally, it's a diverse team that brings different skills to the table. Maybe you aren't the best public speaker. Maybe you're very shy in front of a microphone and the thought of speaking at a meeting and standing up in front of dozens and dozens of people, or even hundreds or thousands of people, maybe that terrifies you. So, do you have a friend who is good at that? That's something that you're, you're going to learn over time, is that building a team of comrades that you can trust is how you can get stuff done in the union. And the more you can diversify your skill sets, the better. If you're not that public speaker, maybe you're just, you don't have that. I bet you have something 
you have something you can bring to the table. Maybe you're great at data and numbers and spreadsheets. Maybe you're a techie and you can, maybe you have really excellent graphic skills and you could create the best damn flyer in the local. Maybe you can create websites or run social media pages. Maybe you're a very analytical thinker and you can balance out the more emotional thinkers. Assemble your dream team. You need comrades. Like I said earlier, if you can't make all the meetings, have someone that you're close to who can make the meetings. When I was representing school employees, I always encouraged them to have a school board watch. They needed to show up to the school board meetings. Somebody needed to be keeping an eye on things. And if you couldn't make it this week, have a friend who could. Right? So identify your comrades, people that you know, that you get to know, that you have some camaraderie with, that you have some rapport with, that you can develop some trust with. And maybe you don't agree on every single issue, and that's okay. But ideally, you have some common vision of what you want the union to be and what you understand the union to be as it is and how you want it to be in the future. So I think that's very important. Identify some comrades and get to know those people that will be in your corner when you need them. And you'll be in their corner when they need you. As a democratic organization, there may come a time where you need somebody's votes for a resolution. Maybe you need votes for an office you're running for. So have your comrades, have your team of folks that you can trust so that working together, you can be more effective. And finally, just do it. Just volunteer. Just do it. Whatever... Whatever you can find, find something. Don't let yourself be held back. Even if you're new, even if it's not something you feel 100% knowledgeable with yet, just volunteer. Most unions need more volunteers. And frankly, it's not just unions. That's everywhere. Civic organizations, churches... Bowling leagues, you name it, social involvement has decreased over the decades. People are less engaged socially. People are volunteering less for organizations. Unions are no exception. But ultimately, the lifeblood of a union is its membership. It's only as strong as the engagement of its members. A member, a, a union with a very disengaged membership is not particularly strong, no matter how big its membership roster, no matter how many dues are paid every month. Sorry. Membership is the lifeblood of the organization, and it boils down to membership engagement. The more members are engaged, the stronger your union will be. So if you're looking to get involved, just do it. Find that role that you can serve. Find the opportunity to take advantage of. I would say it's better to do one or two things well than five or six things poorly. And you have to watch out for that, speaking from experience. Because in a lot of unions, 
folks are going to be excited that you want to be involved. And if, you, if you're not careful, you may look around and find yourself serving in about four or five, six different committees and in multiple roles, right? So it is okay to say no sometimes. Sometimes that's the best answer. So in many cases, I think you'll find folks are just appreciative that you're willing to get involved and will be happy to put you to work. Now, if you're in a local where that is not the culture, that's unfortunate. It does happen. Unions are human institutions. Humans are flawed. Leaders can be flawed. Sometimes you have old guards and unions that are very threatened or paranoid about new members wanting to get involved. Unfortunately, that happens. But if you've been paying attention, you've got some ideas on how you can still work your way into things and into the mix. It's just something to keep your eye on and be strategic, of course. But I would imagine in most cases, if you are interested and you express an interest and you are willing to work, you'll find yourself involved. I've only been in this movement for about 10 years now. I'm only 33 years old. But in that time, I have served as a building representative and more or less the steward equivalent. I've been a delegate at the state level. I've been a delegate to two different national assemblies. Got a new business item passed, work, uh, took the microphone, I believe, in at least two out of three of those meetings. Hooked up with caucuses while I was there served uh, and been elected and served on board of directors, board of trustees, executive committee. Gosh, I've served in, in numerous committees and task groups and working groups and, um, you know, brief stint on the bargaining team in my previous union. Most recently in my current local, I was just nominated and approved as the political coordinator and I tell you all of those things not because it's about me. You know, of course, I want you to know I do have a little bit of experience here, so I, I can speak from some experience on this subject. But really, I'm telling you that so that you have some ideas about what you can do. And of those, I would, if I, I have to stop there and say a delegate position is one of the most exciting and interesting things you can do. If you can go be a part of a state or national assembly or even international assembly, I highly, highly recommend it. It can be a life-changing experience. You'll make important connections. You'll see a much bigger picture of the union. But I tell you all those, those roles that I've served in and those offices I've been elected to as some ideas of how you can proceed because, let's be honest, it wasn't because I was the smartest guy in the room, the most talented or most charismatic or the nicest guy. That's not why any of that happened. It's because I was interested. I wanted to get involved. I was bound and determined to figure out a way to do that. I've always had this feeling, this calling of some sorts, that you know, the world can be a better place. And we should do something about that, that I should do something about that. 
And I think if you're listening today, you probably have that feeling too. So just do it. So hopefully I've helped answer the question of how to get involved in your union. Whether you're a brand new member or you're an existing member with a new spark to get involved, you have a checklist of goals and tasks to work from. Obtain and read your contract for your own immediate protection. Obtain and read your constitution and bylaws. Check out the union's website and social media. Identify your reps and leadership. Identify the existing roles and committees within your union. Attend the meetings when you can. Go to other events and trainings as they're available. Be strategic in how you proceed, meaning be sensitive to the culture and dynamics of your union. Build your network of dependable comrades. And then volunteer. Just, just do it. And with all of these, you may want to start at the local level first. There's more great stuff out there online about these topics and more. If you want to move beyond getting involved in your union to organizing, to really moving others to collective action, there's even more great stuff out there. Secrets of a Successful Organizer is one that comes to mind. But hopefully this will get you started in your journey. Welcome to the labor movement. Together, we can build a diverse working class movement that unites people around our common interest. Together, we can build power as working class people to better our communities and our world. Well, that's it for the third episode of Shop Talk. Hope it was worth your time and I really appreciate everyone listening. If you enjoyed it, please share with your network and make sure you're plugged into our work. Stay tuned to the Valley Labor Report on Saturday mornings starting at 9.30 a.m. Central, live on WVNN, YouTube, and Facebook. Please sign up for our email list at tvlr.fm. And don't forget to like, review, share, and subscribe. And finally, if you share our mission to grow the Southern labor movement, if you share our belief in the power of solidarity and collective organization, if you want media that is for working people, by working people, please consider donating at tvlr.fm donate. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all.